Well, welcome everyone. Welcome if you're visiting or if it's your first time or if you're a regular at East Lake. Happy Mother's Day. It's great to have you. Um, so Michael um, preached last week, amazing message, um, and he always likes to tell funny jokes, but I can't tell jokes like Michael, so I thought, why not get someone to tell the joke for me? It's got nothing to do with my message, but it ticks the funny box. So let's watch the screen. People in this room who do have children, and there are people in this room who don't have children. <laughs> And the people who don't have children, um, they think they know, don't they? They think they know. They think they know what it means to have children. Sometimes they chat about it, don't they? And they're little couples, you know. Oh, I'd love to start a family one day with you. It'd be lovely. You'd make a really good dad. Oh, I think you'd be an amazing mum. It'd be so. Wouldn't it be so lovely having little, little, little versions of you and me running around? I'd love to have a family. And you think you know what you're talking about? You have no idea. You have no idea what it's like. You have no idea how difficult, how difficult things will become in your life. Things that you don't even consider to be things will become nearly impossible when you have children. I'm talking about things like leaving the house, for example. <laughs> this is how people without children leave the house. Shall we leave the house? Yes. I leave the house almost every day. Lucas, Oscar, come downstairs. We're late. Why aren't you downstairs? Put your shoes on. I don't know where my shoes are. Put your shoes on. Go and find your shoes. Where did you see them last? On my feet. After that, get your shoes on. Come here, come here. Arms up, arms up, arms in, arms in, arms up, arms up, arms in. That's my wife. She's so tired, she can't dress herself. <laughs> and there you go. That's my funny joke. Happy Mother's Day to the beautiful mums out there. You guys are amazing. Um, I want to acknowledge that um, this can be a hard day for some of you. You may have lost your mum or you're struggling to become a mum or perhaps you've never had a mum in your life. What I know is that I acknowledge that and the pain, but I also know that God fills all the gaps in our life. And I hope by the end of my message you will know that wherever you are at on your journey. So let me pray. Thank you, God, for everyone here this morning, Lord. I just pray that you'll calm my nerves and you'll speak through me. And we know that your word does not return void, Lord. So give me strength and I just pray for every open heart, Lord, that your word will just plant a seed in their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So I wanted to go a bit deep today, and I hope that's okay. I recently um, wrote a book, and throughout it I was very vulnerable, and it was hard to write. Um, but I know that when we share our um, journey, when we share our struggles and our victories, that people feel less alone, and that when we bring things to the light, God can bring healing. We aren't meant to do life alone. That's why connect groups are so important, to find people to come alongside you on this journey. This morning, I wanted to talk about big feelings. As mums, we have big feelings, right? Big responsibilities in caring, loving, and nurturing our children. But I think we all face these feelings at some point in our life. Men face them too. I think they call it man flu. But, uh, <laughs> but this morning, I'm talking about it from my experience as a mum. And I just chose three that have been big in my life. Most of you know our story with our daughter, Piper. She uh, make, made me become a mum on Valentine's Day 2015. 
Um, she spent seven weeks in the ICU where she was diagnosed with 22Q, 11.2 deletion syndrome. It's a bit of a mouthful, so we call it 22Q. Um, it's the second most common chromosome disorder after Down syndrome, but most people have never heard of it. Um, it can affect every part of the body and has over 180 possible different symptoms. So it centres on a really difficult journey over the past four years. We've spent a lot of time in and out of hospital. We, do, um, we used to do weekly therapy, um, hospital appointments, weekly therapy sessions. Um, she's had a long battle of health issues. Um, her current issues are she's not able to eat by mouth, so she's fed by a tube in her stomach. Um, she wears a hearing aid due to hearing loss, and she's behind her peers. Honestly, that really forms the background, um, in short, to what my motherhood journey is like. And that is my motherhood journey, but I know for a lot of you, um, everyone's journey is different. It might be a fatherhood journey for you, or it might be whatever. The point is, we go through stuff in life, and just like we all go through stuff, we all have big feelings. When I'm talking about big feelings, I'm talking about those feelings that take over. They are so big sometimes that they take the steering wheel. Sometimes it's sudden and intense, and sometimes they linger and just don't seem to leave. However big, the point I want to make this morning right up front is we all have feelings, and feelings are real, but feelings are not truth. The question we need to ask this morning is, does our feeling agree with the Word of God? However big, does that feeling that seems to be driving me right now actually agree with the Word of God? We all have feelings, and feelings are real, but our feelings are not truth. I can't tackle every feeling this morning, so I'm just talking about three of my big feelings. Some I have overcome, and some I'm still working on. So turn to the person next to you and say, I have big feelings. Men too. <laughs> The first, big feeling, <laughs> oh, the first big feeling is guilt, mum guilt, and all the mums said amen. <laughs> I remember the first time I left Piper in the NICU, the overwhelming loss of control and the guilt that consumed me. I just gave birth and here I was having to leave my daughter. I left her alone in that hospital day after day, weeks after weeks. You know, I had no choice to leave her, yet I still felt guilty. I've got to be honest, I almost feel mum guilt at some point in every day. Guilt are like seeds that get planted in my mind. Piper had too much iPad time today. You're not a good mum. You didn't do therapy homework with Piper today. You're not a good mum. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because it's a feeling, it's real. The feeling is real, but it's not the truth. And you cannot allow the lie of the enemy to make it your truth. If I let those seeds of guilt stay with me, even for a little bit, I'm in danger of eventually believing I'm not a good mum. And then that statement of a lie is the lens that you look through and make decisions. Suddenly, it's not about the original guilt anymore or whatever led to that feeling. It's about who you are. And I'm here to tell you this morning that that is a lie. I know that feelings of guilt like this are from the enemy. Just as quickly as those short sentences run through your mind, you have to replace them with sentences of truth. I know I am a good mum. I am a child of God. God does not put guilt on me. He is a loving father. Romans 8 verse 1 says, Therefore then is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus who believe in him as personal Lord and Saviour. 
He does not condemn us for messing up. He does not condemn us for making a mistake. He does not condemn us if we don't parent the way the world wants us to parent. He doesn't condemn us if we don't have it all worked out yet. It sounds so simple, yet we all still struggle with guilt like this. But if we can remember in those moments when we feel this way, it's from the enemy. We can remember we believe in a loving God who doesn't condemn us. The world will probably judge us, but we shouldn't be seeking for the world's acceptance. We should be going to our loving creator. And I have to constantly remind myself of this when I feel guilty. Guilt is replaced by believing in Jesus who doesn't condemn us. The next big feeling is grief. This one's really tough for me. Pain has and still follows me on this journey. We had no warning signs when I was pregnant, so we prepared for motherhood like everyone does. We all have expectations when we become a parent, don't we? We say, oh, my child will never have a dummy. That lasted one day. Um, (laughs) We say, oh, my child will never watch the iPad. Yep, my child watches the iPad. I'm only going to breastfeed till my child's five, you know. (laughs) Everything that was shown by the world, and we create these expectations in our mind. As soon as Piper was wheeled away from us on day three, into an ambulance by herself, my expectations began to be shattered. These things I deeply desired were taken from me. I've never been able to breastfeed her. I've only been able to give her a bottle twice, which resulted in her choking and turning blue. I had to leave her in that hospital day after day for weeks. Everything I experienced was the opposite to my expectations. And I know my journey is very different to most mums. I've constantly grieved that, and I still do. But I think we all have some sort of expectation and know that it often doesn't turn out that way. For me, it's a deep ache. It's a deep pain. My daughter can't eat, and she's fed by a tube. Like, no one expects that. But we all have expectations in life, and then... We get an experience down here, and then in between that is disappointment. You know, I'm constantly disappointed by the doctor's report, by the no progress, by the way people haven't shown up for me in my life. I'm disappointed I've lost friends. I'm disappointed sometimes when God hasn't answered all my prayers. But grief has sent me on a journey of learning to love what I have in my hand. And yes, some days are easier than others. How did I get here? I had to understand that this is about grief. Grief isn't cancelled by time or distance, but it is covered by hope. Grief isn't cancelled by moving away or isolating. There isn't a magic number of days or years that you have to get over it. There just isn't. I've been on this journey for four years, and my grief hasn't really changed. But as I continually hold on to hope, hope in God, hope in a loving God that promises to give us comfort, God that promises peace, God that promises joy, we have access to that by believing in him. I have hope that each day will bring joy, despite my circumstances, and God follows through. Grief isn't cancelled by time or distance, but it is covered by hope. Psalm 62 says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honour come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Grief is covered by hope, hope in God. The last feeling is loneliness. There is something that mums say, and I'm guilty of this at times myself, but I've come to learn that this is one of the most damaging little lines a mum can say. I am just a mum. 
I hate that sentence because we are not just mums. We are so much more and our identity is not found in being a mum alone. You see, change happens when you become a mum, especially for the first time. You're adding a little addition to your life. I'm not a fan of change personally. I'm introverted, if you didn't know. I like my quiet little space. I like to know what my week's going to look like. I like to have it all planned out. So I don't love it when my husband just throws something in there last minute. But um, (laughs) I'm learning to work on my spontaneous self. But I'm happy in my little bubble. I struggled with being Piper's carer and mum. That's really all I was. She required 24-hour care. Those first two years, I constantly watched her. She was connected to a feeding pump for 20 hours a day. Every time she refluxed, which was up to 30 times a day, she had to be suctioned because she would choke and turn blue, sometimes even on her own saliva. It consumed me. We were up at the hospital three times a week, and every month we spent time in hospital because she was always sick. It was hard. I barely had time for anything else, and I was very, very lonely. The truth, though, loneliness has less to do with what's going on around you, but more to do with what's going on inside you. Loneliness makes you feel empty. Sometimes you can be sitting with a table full of people and still feel lonely. Maybe you feel alone in your marriage, in your home, at school, or in your job. But God wants to remind you, you are not alone. Feelings matter. Feelings are real, but feelings aren't truth. Loneliness is a light that casts a shadow on our identity and makes us see ourselves as less than. The lie of loneliness is less, less than enough, less than your friends, less than what God has called you to do. Don't let loneliness lead you to less. You are not just a mum, you are a warrior mum, entrepreneur mum, best friend mum, wife, child of God. You are not just a mum, you are so much more. And let me remind you that scripture says God calls you by name. There's only one person that can fill you up and his name is Jesus. He knows what you need. You are not alone. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Loneliness might, as make, sorry, loneliness might make us feel empty, but our God says he will fill you up. Loneliness is drowned in our identity in Christ and who he says we are. The point is... However big your feelings are this morning, I want to tell you we have a bigger God. Guilt is replaced by believing in Jesus who doesn't condemn us. Grief is covered by hope, hope in God. And loneliness is drowned in our identity in Christ and who he says we are. Big feelings, bigger God. As I've journeyed these past four years, it's been tough. What I've learned is that it's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. This last 18 months or so, I came to a point in my faith where I didn't know how to move forward. When Piper was about two, we were faced with the words that Piper may never be able to eat, and I honestly didn't know how to move forward. The pain was so great that this could be our reality forever. Imagine having a child that can't eat. These are big feelings, grief, guilt, and loneliness, but they all have one solution, surrender and trust in God. They are accessed by surrendering to Jesus and trusting him with these big feelings. He can handle them. We don't need to do it by ourselves.
when I truly surrender my circumstances, which really are out of my control, to him, declaring my trust, the Holy Spirit moved in me. And over time, as I continually did this, and as I continued to do this, it was never an instant thing. But I stand up here today, not pain-free, but I don't carry the burden of the pain. I give it to God, and that is powerful. God is powerful. Big feelings, but bigger God. I enjoy this motherhood journey, and it's full of joy. Piper lights up any room she walks in. She's so determined and braver than most. She is soft, yet bold, and she loves to cuddle. She has the sweetest giggle that can cheer up any bad day. She recently started talking and she says, love you, mummy. And I didn't know if I would ever hear those words. I'm so thankful for her. She makes me so proud and she makes being a mum so wonderful. And I'm so thankful that God entrusted me to be her mum. The most powerful thing you can do is surrender. Surrender is not weakness, it is powerful. God fights on our behalf. He provides the comfort we need. He provides us the light in the darkness. He provides us his peace and his strength. He loves and cares for you so much. As the band come up, I want to close with this scripture. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10. Paul was given a thorn in his flesh. Now, I don't know what that thorn is in your life causing you pain, but it's so interesting, this passage. Three different times, Paul asked God to take that thorn away. I wonder how many times you've prayed to God and asked him to take something away. Look how God replies. He said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. What's interesting is that after God answered him, Paul's prayer changed. His circumstances didn't. The thorn wasn't removed. His daughter wasn't healed in an instant. His marriage wasn't restored right away, but he said, now I am glad to boast about my weakness. So the power of Christ can work through me. When I am weak, then I am strong. Like Paul, my prayer changed after I learnt the power of surrender. I no longer pray for God to heal Piper, except for those really hard days. But I know I just have to surrender it to him because I trust him. And as the scripture says, God's power works best in our weakness so we can be strong in Christ. The team are going to play a song called Raise a Hallelujah. I love this song because for me, this is what surrender looks like. As they play, I invite you to lift your hands or come forward for prayer or get on your knees and surrender to God. I'd love to pray for you. Surrender doesn't have to look like defeat. Instead, it can actually be a declaration of trust by lifting up a hallelujah when your feelings say otherwise. 
does our feeling agree with the word of God this morning? Why don't you declare the word of God over your feelings? We all have feelings and feelings are real, but our feelings are not truth. Surrender whatever that thorn is in your life, whatever those big feelings are you're facing. We have the opportunity to do it now. You might have walked in this morning praying one way. That's okay. What if you walked out praying like Paul? Paul said, now I am glad to boast about my weakness. What a change. What a shift. And that's here for you this morning. Now we can raise a hallelujah. Now when I am weak, I am strong. Now I surrender. Raise a hallelujah in the middle of the storm. Raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. When we start praising and worshipping God, despite what we are facing or feeling, something will shift in you. The Holy Spirit will move. And as you just surrender to him, I just pray that the peace will just fill you. So will you just stand to your feet? I'd love to pray for you. Thank you, God, for everyone here this morning, Lord. I pray that we can just surrender these big feelings to you, Lord, whatever they may be that each person won't want to fight on their own God, but they just give it to you, Lord. And I just pray that something will shift in their heart, God, that they don't carry the weight of the big feelings, Lord. And I just pray and thank you for every person, that your peace will just fill them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen.